to stimulate or not to stimulate? That is the question. Another week, another week of no deal from our politicians who are sitting handily on their ass and doing as little as possible to move America's democracy, chuckle, forward. I am Gerardo Del Real along with my co-host, Mr. Nick Hodge. This is episode 91 of Bizarro World. Nick, it's been an interesting couple of weeks. We have a lot to get to, including the formal announcement to Bizarro World of Digest Publishing and our new publications. We'll get into that. But first and foremost, how are you doing, young man? I am fantastic, Gerardo. Of course you stimulate. You're going to stimulate if you get Trump. You're going to stimulate if you get Biden. Uh, The stimulation is necessary. The chuckle on democracy is necessary as well. So you're saying either way we're getting stimulation? Stimulation from both sides? Oh, stimulation from both sides. Front and back, left and right, side to side. (laughs) I have to believe that's why gold refuses to break below 1900 in any significant manner, right? It, it hit 1850 a few weeks back, bounced right back up. It fell below the $1,900 level today, bounced right back up. Dollar down, dollar higher, doesn't really matter. Gold seems to be in this pocket at $1,900. And it seems to me that it's just waiting for the green light, the actual signed deal whether it's $2 trillion or $1.8 trillion or $2.3 trillion or whatever number they come up with to split up amongst themselves. Um, I, I think gold's just waiting for the green light to go. And it's not just the Fed, right? We have the ECB wants to stimulate. BOJ wants to stimulate. We have everybody around the world wanting to stimulate. So again, I don't think I've ever seen as predictive a monetary and fiscal policy as I have right now. And, and and that worries me a bit because if you know anything about the markets, you know that the minute you start thinking you know something, something comes up and and, and, and kind of throws it off, right? That's MMT for, for you and me, mm. um, no matter where you live. And so, um, you know, uh, the market's waiting for something. I want to say it's the election, but like you say, it, once you're sure of something, that's when you uh, get smacked in the face. And so the market's clearly waiting for something. I mean, um, gold has been gyrating around 1900. The dollar makes a run at 94 on the DXY and then it pulls back. Uh, bond yields tick a little bit higher. Uh, but like you say, it's sort of uh, a whole lot of shuffling for nothing. Gold is, is right there at 1900. Um, you know, and I think, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a moment of flux. It's actually tough to figure out because. Um, Copper's made a very strong run. Other mm. commodities have made strong runs uh, as well. And so maybe it's getting to that place, Gerardo, you know, where it's that that melt up of, of everything that you've been talking about. And so it, it's confusing for, for a lot of folks, including myself. But I would, um, you know, repeat what, what we've been saying is that, um, gosh, if we consolidate at $1,900 gold, how terrible is that? It's a beautiful, beautiful price point. If gold never goes up another dollar, I have, and again, the minute you think you know something, you get it wrong, but I have five names right now in my personal portfolio that I would I, I, I would buy, go to sleep, wake up in three years, and be 95% positive that four of those five positions would have doubled or tripled um, at the very least if gold stays at these levels. And, you know, I'm talking small producers that are going to become bigger producers, explorers that I think, you know, will be will be bought out, 
um, explorers that I think are onto significant discoveries and the market hasn't caught up. And, and let's talk about the recent consolidation. I've had um, several subscribers to Junior Resource Trader, which we'll talk about later, and Junior Resource Monthly, um, the two new publications under Digest Publishing. I've had several subscribers reach out and ask about the consolidation from the summer. And so, you know, sneak preview of, of the issue that'll go out next week. It's this is the process. This is how it works. You know, we had the initial allocation of capital where capital rushed in and uh, people sensed that there was money to be made in the gold space again. Companies use that to raise capital. Four months later, the, the shares become free trading. And then what happens? People take profits, keep the warrant or the half warrant if, if, if you're in it just to flip it. And, and prices pull back a bit. And so now we're at that point where companies are going to have to deliver. And if you have a decent compass on which companies are going to deliver, either via the drill bit or acquisitions or a, a, a permit that, that, that re-rates the company shares higher, you're going to do very well in this next part of the cycle. And I think we're getting real close to, to, to a significant inflection point for those companies. If you bought on the initial hype, and you don't know how to tell you know the good from the bad from the ugly, then I think you're in for a rough couple of months with tax law selling coming up, though it should be less pronounced than in past years because, frankly, everything's gone up, right? You mean you can sell stocks? Hmm, a wise guy uh, wrote to me yesterday and explained, hey, there's nothing wrong with selling and taking a little bit off the table. Ah, uh, I didn't realize you could sell. Um <laughs> No, you're you're right about all that, the financings, et cetera. What also should be said is that, um, you know, it's a, a consolidation of consolidation, right? We had a bunch of big uh, mergers and acquisitions. Uh, you know, we don't have to name them, Gold Corporation, Gold, Barrick, et cetera, et cetera, Newmont. Um, and then, you know, it was sort of a, a little bit quiet, but then here we have now the, the Northern Star one recently. And I think that now that producers have been, producing their widgets and selling them for a higher price, what you're seeing is that money start to fall to the bottom line faster. Uh, I forget the numbers exactly that I've been reading, but it's something like, you know, whereas they were um, having a margin of 300 and some dollars an ounce last year, now the margin on average among the producers is over $700 an ounce. And that money is going places, right? That increased cash flow at one place it's going. Uh, and we've talked about this a little bit. It's one reason why, you know, people like Warren Buffett have come into the gold space is that it goes to dividends, right? Mm. Uh, and so if you can get a dividend from a company that's producing something whose price mm. is going up while bond prices are next to zero or negative when you account for inflation, that becomes very attractive. And then you get uh, companies like Kinross who have had a dividend suspended for years who are now reinstating that dividend because of the cash flows. And I would say the other place that cash is going to go is to replenish the reserves, which everyone knows is the elephant in the room. Um, when you're producing 130 million ounces a year gold out of the ground, you got to replenish that. And that simply hasn't been done. Not only have the majors not replenished um, by acquiring, they've not replenished by not uh, exploring. And so that cash flow is going to go to buy the, the next round of mines. Um, you know, uh, it's going to replenish reserves. And so um, yes to what you were saying. I like yes. Yes is good. Uh, <laughs> let's talk Bitcoin. Um, in the words of Nicki Minaj, uh, I prefer looking like yes than looking like no. The great poet, Nicki Minaj. Let's talk Bitcoin. Bitcoin, um, Bitcoin, like, like again, like Mr. Dines called, like you called, like I called. Um, 
It's 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 right at that thirteen thousand level. It's it's had a good run alongside gold, um, alongside the broader indices, frankly. And and so again, I think um, we're definitely seeing the transition from government assets into you know private assets, right? The golds, the bitcoins, the cryptos. And I couldn't help but notice that PayPal isn't waiting on the government to figure it out. Um, they, 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 they are now setting up a platform that will allow anyone with a PayPal account to buy and sell and hold, uh, Bitcoin. So that, that, that is a, a, a big driver of the recent price action, but you know, there's, there, there's a lot going on. I, I, I also see the other side of it where, you know, the IMF and Europe specifically is, is now pushing for a conversion into a digital currency. And that to me is a tax grab. I look at it very differently when PayPal does something to facilitate its consumer base um, than when government does it. Government is not benevolent. And believe you me, they are not looking to adopt a digital currency to do us, the citizenry, any favors. Speaking of private assets, Gerardo... (laughs) Why is it that no one ever sneaks across sovereign borders with paper in their bum? Pounds of it? <laughs> Pounds of paper? It's just you never see a headline like, man sneaks across border with dollars in rectum. It's always something more valuable, right? Like gold or cocaine or something. <laughs> Personal personal note really quick. I want to say hi to Matthew and his bike riding friends out in Australia. Um, you know, we, we get emails and listeners from all over the world. And we had a note from uh, Matthew's father a couple of weeks ago just kind of saying, hey, you know, it looks like, um, you know, my son went ahead and bumped across your uh, came across your, your podcast and, and he's listening now. And you and I both made promises to try to clean it up. <laughs> And so far, we are failing miserably. So, hey, Matthew. Hey, everybody out there in Australia and the bike riding gang. I hope you guys are well. Hope you guys are safe. Apologies for the crude humor. Hopefully, you get something out of it. It is a free podcast, though. So, at least we promise you your money's worth. Um, back to I your. Already apolo- I already apologized <laughs> to his father. <laughs> back to your point, though. Look, I think that um, capital will always go where it's treated best. I think capital still believes that. Stimulus will happen, jokes aside. I think capital is waiting to redeploy. I think the major U.S. indices are headed higher. I think rates are headed lower for now. Next year will be a different situation, and that's when some of the blowups will happen. But we'll save that for for another another podcast, another time. I've talked about it in the past. We both have. Um, and and I think gold is going to have to prove its 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 worthiness here in the next couple of months because I still see a scenario where where capital comes into the US dollar and, and 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 pushes the dollar higher. So I do think it'll happen. I think you know they're gonna hold hands together and and walk the path. But we'll see. I think we'll find out in the next couple of months. But again, if gold hold, holds at nineteen hundred dollars, we're gonna do phenomenally well the next several years. Agree. Let's talk election real quick. I don't know that I know you and I have been extremely busy, as we always are, but a bit more lately. Um did you get a chance to catch the debate last night? A little bit here and there. I have uh, my mother-in-law and uh, aunt-in-law are in town, so it was in the background a little bit. It seemed like they had it under more under control with the muting of the mics. It wasn't such a shouting match. 
The moderator was excellent from what I saw. Um, you know, kudos to her. She was praised by both sides. Kristen Welker um, is her name and, and, and both sides, which you rarely see, um, you know, said great job. Good work. Um, I thought Mr. Biden sounded very coherent, <laughs> which is the standard for him right now, apparently. Um, but but aside from that, I actually thought that he was a bit more forceful in outlining his policy views and admitting prior mistakes because, you know, Donald Trump had a good point when when Joe Biden talked about, you know, an issue that, that that's real personal to me and that I feel deeply about and strongly about is is the locking up and separating of kids. You know, there's 550 kids right now. And the government took them from their parents. And now that they're looking to release the kids, they can't track down the parents, which, you know, anywhere else it's called kidnapping. There's laws against that. It's criminal. But, you know, Biden pointed out that 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 was inhumane and cruel. And and Trump pointed out rightfully so that those cages were built under the Obama administration. And so, look, you, you have to be fair to both sides and you got to call a spade a spade. And, you know, I think that it's very, very easy when you're just a partisan person to look at a, a, a party's position and say, okay, the Obama administration had a law that allowed for this to be created. What happens when someone who is, you know, enforcing a crueler policy, much crueler, takes that platform and runs, you know, the wrong way with it, right? Takes it and uses it for bad. And so we're seeing that. Um, I was happy to see Biden apologize for that and say it was a mistake. That was refreshing in a, in an age where apparently nobody makes mistakes, right? Uh, admitting mistakes is uh, something we need to get better as at, uh, as a culture, better at as a culture, for sure. I didn't uh, catch that moment, but I heard some similar sentiments from uh, Mr. Biden as far as the uh, treatment of uh, you know people arrested with drugs and on drugs was concerned. So. Um, and again, I think that's something that progress has been made on uh, both sides, especially um, with the issues that we've seen this year and especially with who Mr. Biden shows as his uh, vice presidential candidate needs to be made clear what the uh, objectives are there. We talked about a month ago about Michael Raynal in Washington state who was killed allegedly a month ago. Um, when he pointed a pistol at officers, the U.S. Marshals, and we said last month that it was odd to us that none of the body cams from the seven officers at the scene happened to be on at the time. Um, we now know, according to multiple witnesses, that the Marshals, when they pulled up on him, um, did not identify themselves, did not issue a warning, um, did not do anything to indicate to this gentleman that he was under arrest or he had a choice about being under arrest. It seems like an execution. And that point was reinforced. Forget my speculation about it. The president got up at a campaign and said, you saw what we did there. 15 minutes took care of it. This is America in 2020, y'all. And again, you know, you vote for who you want, but it is extremely dangerous when we're going to now openly encourage authorities to carry out justice. We have laws for that. Again, I, 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 I 
Home to me is Chicago, but home home is Montescovedo, Zacatecas. That's where my family comes from. I know what it is to live in a place where the people with the most guns and the people with the biggest appetite for violence are the rule of law. And I am telling America for all of its gun carrying, camouflage wearing, we're going to kidnap governor plotting and planning, um, for all of that rhetoric and talk, that is not the society we want here in America. I am telling you this because I've seen it firsthand. I know what that is like. Um, you and your 20 friends in camouflage are a three-minute problem in that kind of world. And I think it's extremely dangerous that our politicians are praising government-sponsored executions of citizens on the streets. A couple of things. It's weird to see uh, people who support that, especially, and I've seen it more and more on social media, as you know, people with the "Don't Tread on Me" flag supporting the government suppression of of protesters and uh, the abject use of force uh, by law enforcement. It seems like that would <laughs> indicate someone is being treaded on, uh, <laughs> which the other, <laughs> which the other flag is against. And so, I, I'm not sure that whole uh, interaction. Uh, there, I also think that, um, yeah, in America, you can't be for a government that um, is judge, jury, and executioner. That's exactly what due process is for and um, the Bill of Rights. And I also think that, um, again, going to the turning, this is something that is going to change over over time. If you understand that um, there's no winner in this election. It's the it's the bottom of a cycle, no matter who the quote unquote winner is in, in, in November, um, that violence is sometimes, uh, well, not sometimes, it's always a part of that transition in some capacity or another. I've said on this podcast before, it's always a matter of, you know, to what degree that violence is. Is it, uh, uh, you know, like we're seeing now, as bad as it is uh political related deaths here and there. And, you know, the here and there is not to, um, you know, make it seem smaller, but, you know, compared to against uh, a civil, a true civil war, right? Like 1865 style, which is still the, uh, you know, bloodiest war Americans ever fought it or World War II style. Um, you know, that's sort of the uh, range of violence that can occur through, you know, I'm not surprised that we're seeing it if you've you know read some of the things that I've written. And again, that's not condoning or um, calling for it. It's just to say that um, that attitude that you're discussing there, that um, um, mil militarism, that, um, you know, wanting the government to, to be authoritarian is a part of the the process that's playing out the cyclical generational process. Um, and anyway, I hope that I hope that made some sense. But and I hope it doesn't get to a point. You know, we've seen people call for civil war. I don't think you know what a true civil war looks like. If you just read the Wikipedia entry on it, you'll see how bloody it truly was. Hopefully it doesn't get to, to, to something like that. Um, but I think that what you have seen so far, the plot to, 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 to kidnap the governor, the, uh, you know, the shooting uh, by an armed teenager of protesters in Wisconsin to the 
to the case you just described here in Washington that flowed over from a murder in Oregon. All that is part and parcel for the, the turning that is underway. Again, if we encourage a society where the government is judge, jury, and executioner, then the end game is clear. Just be the most violent and the better organized, and that's the group that wins. And I have news for everybody. <laughs> There's a new group every few years. That will never end. This is what Mexico is going through right now. Um, you know, where the former Mexican defense minister is under arrest in New York City right now, you know, for colluding with one of the cartels. And 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 again, this isn't the fact that it took, you know, law enforcement this long to arrest him and they waited for him to be out of office and, you know, be comfy here in the U.S. Um, yeah, it tells me that was just that was just the way it was played from both sides of the border. That was OK. It was known to anybody in Mexico, everybody in Mexico. You know who to talk to. You know who you don't talk to. You know what you can get away with and you know what you can't get away with. And so, again, uh, choose wisely, my friends, as the beer commercial says. That is not the America you want to live in. That is not the America I want to live in. That is the reason people come to America and risk their lives and, and, and you know, cross the border illegally. Uh, at the risk of death or incarceration or separation from their children and parents is to escape that type of reality. So anyhow, we'll leave that there. Mr. Hodge, I know that you and I both um, did a Bizarro World New Orleans Investment Conference podcast last week. It's why we were gone. Um, we're back to the regularly scheduled program for those that did not get the opportunity to hear the announcement that we made on that podcast. Um, I would like to introduce the president and CEO of Digest Publishing, Mr. Nick Hodge. Congrats, Mr. Is, Hodge. Is that, is that what I am? What does that uh, make you? I have to check the literature here. Um, I, <laughs> I, I, I am the fill in the blanks at Digest Publishing guy. I love it. Um, no, seriously, though, we've launched uh, a new venture called um, Digest Publishing, under which we're going to be publishing all our uh, paid newsletters. We're going to continue doing uh, what we've been doing for years, frankly, um, at the Outsider Club, only we're going to be doing it under uh, a company that we uh, co-own, and uh, we're going to be doing it uh, entirely for ourselves and for our subscribers. And so, um, I gosh, let me just set it up for a second. So uh, Resource Stock Digest is uh, one thing of which you are the president of, Gerardo. <laughs> um, and um, that will continue to deliver what it's always delivered, uh, interviews with Gerardo about uh, quality uh, junior resource companies for free, um, a list of featured companies that uh, we think have a, a good story to tell and are willing to help them tell. And then uh, entirely separate from that, we'll have Digest Publishing, which is where uh, we'll continue with the paid letters that um, tens of thousands of readers have come to enjoy and rely upon on for uh, advice from you, Gerardo, uh, in the junior mining space and it advice for me on private placements and resources, but also, you know, speculation and, and other parts of the market uh, like energy and biotech uh, as well. And so um, uh, happy to say that we've already got those letters up and running. You're writing uh, your monthly called 
uh, Junior Resource Monthly, and you've also got Junior Resource Trader uh, up and running. Uh, happy to say that uh, past subscribers and members are already finding us and uh, new ones as well. So we'll have links up and we'll make it easy for you uh, to find that. And I'm launching something called Hodge Family Office, where uh, through Hodge Family Office, you can get access to uh, the private placements that I've been doing for the past couple of years with good success in finding early stage public or private companies with a with a path to, to exit in the, in the public markets. Um, and then there'll be Family Office Advantage, which will be uh, reflective of the early advantage letter that I've written for over uh, a decade every Thursday, my weekly speculative letter. And then there'll be Foundational Profits as my uh, monthly letter. And we've also got Mike Fagan with a uh, a cabal of experts that, that we put together and are friendly with, including uh, Jeff Phillips and Brent Cook and Van Simmons and uh, Rick Rule and others who are who are contributing to that in a publication called Hard Asset Digest. And Mike is also publishing a, a portfolio construction letter called Mike Fagan's Precious Portfolio. So like you say, Gerardo, it's uh, been busy. It's a new endeavor for us. We're doing uh, the back end things that 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 need done when something like that is created. And uh, nonetheless, we've hit the ground running. Those pubs are active now for membership. The issues are being written and going out um, as subscribers have come to expect. And things are only going to get better. We're excited about it. We hope to have some new websites up soon, more editorials, daily editorials up uh, soon, LinkFest on weekends, more products, et cetera, things like that. Um, uh, and not the least of which excited because it, it's ours and it's new, but also because we, we think we are uh, still in the early stages of a, of a bull market that's going to offer the chance to, um, you know, build wealth for ourselves and, and our subscribers. And so uh, I guess that would be my spiel on what's going on. Did I miss anything? No, you got it. A couple of quick points on my end. I want to, I, I, to subscribers that have written in, I want to say thank you. You guys have been absolutely incredible with, you know, the well wishes, the kind words, following us over as quickly as you did, despite, you know, the, 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 the lack of communication um, to subscribers about the transition. I want to make clear and I'll speak for myself, and you can chime in, Nick, if you like, but that that, that I made multiple efforts um, to have dialogue, unedited dialogue with my subscribers to explain the transition in hopes of ensuring the continuity that I felt subscribers deserved. Unfortunately, that was not to be. That was not by choice. Um, you know, that, that, that played out the way that it played out. And then the second point that I want to make is, is that, you know, Nick and I, um, there, there is no longer an affiliation, you know, with anything to do angel publishing um, or outsider club. And so Digest Publishing is the publishing company moving forward. And like Nick mentioned, Resource Stock Digest is the separate company, you know, that allows us to highlight, um, like Nick mentioned, stories that we feel have merit that, 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 that you know, are, are worthy of further due diligence and, and insight and opinions from some of the top minds in the space. And we're proud to bring those stories to people to allow them to, to, to make up their own minds. But just a thank you to subscribers that have followed thus far and uh, excited, excited, excited. Yeah, we'll continue to make it easy to find us. Like I say, the websites are a work in progress. Um, and, you know, we look forward to, to continue publishing the letters and uh, to bring in to bring in you guys new ones as well. Excellent. Mr. Hodge, is there anything else that you'd like to leave us with? 
Anything to watch this week? What are you What are you excited about in the space? Oh gosh, what are we? We're still waiting for results. September results have become October results, or now it's snowing outside my window results, and um, we're looking for them from from the New Placer Dome in Nevada Sunrise, which I know you're excited about as well at the Kinsley Project. We're waiting for um, you know results from Soledad Chicana's uh, Copper Gold Project in uh, Peru. We got a taste of results from uh revival gold last week but you know now they're into the panther creek shear zone which could get exciting very quickly Re, you know results coming as they can get them uh and i guess i should say october 28th is the last day you can comment on um you know midas gold stib night project that's in the commenting period so um you know if you go to midas uh i think it's midasgoldcorp.com or 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 just google um, comment for Midas and the website will pop right up there. Those are things I'm, I'm watching. Agreed. Midasgoldcomments.com. If you want to support the Stib Night project, a project that will leave uh, the, the location and the site in much better shape than when Midas took it over. Um, this is it. This is as uh, responsible a development project as, as, as I know in, in, in the space. And so I'm happy to, to, to support it and be vocally supportive for it. We've been to site multiple times. We're familiar with Stephen Quinn and the team, Laurel Sayer and, 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 and her group there and the tremendous work that they've done. And, you know, on, on, on the market side of it for Midas, once the comment period is over, you know, we should anticipate a feasibility study here within the next couple of months. And so that'll be the first preview into what Stib Night looks like with some, you know, with some higher prices, higher inputs in there. So, you know, that in combination with the favorable corporate tax rate that it didn't enjoy back in the pre-feasibility study days bodes well for numbers from that project. So for those of you that complain about the boring period, um, some exciting things to look forward to with Midas Gold. It's pretty feasible. Excellent. Mr. Hodge, it's been a pleasure as always. I am Gerardo Del Real. This was episode 91 of Bizarro World. Stay safe, everyone. Go vote. See ya.